Welcome to On Call with Dr. Anselm Anyoha. In this podcast, learn about the social, emotional, and physical health of children and their journey from birth through preschool and beyond. Find compassionate answers to issues parents and children face and that pediatricians encounter every day. Discussions in this podcast are not meant to diagnose or treat any conditions. Parents and caregivers, talk with your children's pediatricians or doctors about topics and perspectives presented here. Today, we'll discuss part three of Dr. Anyoha's parent-caregiver model. We'll talk about the ways newborns communicate with their parents and caregivers, and why understanding how babies communicate is so important. We'll also find out what parents can do to enhance communication between a parent and their newborn. Good morning, Dr. Anyoha. It's nice to have you here today. We'd like to know more about what we need to know and what parents need to know about newborn communication. Thank you, Paula. Thank you uh, for that introduction. Communication I talk about as a way to enhance quality bonding relationship between parents and newborns. Effective communication between newborns and their caregivers have at least three purposes. One, it offers social-emotional support to the newborn. Secondly, it leads to quality relationship between the parents and the newborns. And finally, it helps caregivers intervene when their babies are emotionally upset. So these are the three purposes or the three um, purposes of effective communication between newborns and their caregivers. So what would some examples be of questions parents might ask that show the importance of sharing this information on how babies communicate? In my clinical experience, there are two sets of parents. There are those that know communication needs of their babies. And there are those who have not uh, given it a thought about the needs for babies to communicate effectively. For those who have given it a thought, you will see them say something like, why is my baby too quiet? Is he okay? Or that baby cry tells me that he is hungry. The other cry tells me that the baby is wet or the baby is uncomfortable. And these are the parents who ask questions like, hey, is my baby ready to play now? So this group of parents, we have given it a thought, have given communication needs of their babies a thought. They've thought about it. And another set of parents or caregivers might not have thought about the needs for babies to communicate. And these are parents think that a baby seeking attention is a bad thing. And they don't also realize when a baby is ready to play and when a baby is ready to sleep. For parents that do understand more about communication of the newborn with the caregiver, what are some examples that you can share with us about what that looks like? A real life example is recently I, 22 year old female, brought her three day old baby to my office just for a routine visit. In my usual conversation, I asked her if she knows how babies communicate. And she said, no, with a shrug of shoulders. I don't know. And then I said, that's okay, because it's her first baby. So I begin to explore with her how babies communicate. I begin by saying that babies can cry when they communicate. And the mother follows up by saying, oh, she noticed that when the baby's diaper is wet, the baby cries. 
with that opportunity, I shared some other ways that babies communicate with their parents. So that's one example. The other example is that another parent who actually uh, have thought about these communicative needs between babies and their mothers. So this other parent, I asked her if she knows anything about how babies communicate. And she tells me, yes, she does, that she knows that this baby can tell when she's speaking, that the baby knows her voice and the baby cries when she's hungry. So this mother is already a step ahead. She knows the need for communication. She understands that babies communicate, but there are things she doesn't know. So we, I use the opportunity to share with her some of the ways babies communicate that parents might not know. What are some of the other ways? I know crying is a big one. What are some of the other things parents should look for? The ways a baby is trying to let a parent or caregiver know that they're trying to communicate with them. Other than crying, babies communicate in different ways. Uh, they communicate by looking sideways, by keeping quiet, by wiggling their toes or moving their limbs and by facial expression, to be honest with you, babies can, you know, they have some facial expressions, which is subtle, but it's there and it's for parents to discern and notice that. So there are various ways babies communicate other than crying. One of the things you mentioned when we were speaking about this earlier is that caregivers can be a coach and a partner and can initiate the communication. Can you talk a little bit about what that looks like? Babies come born with some communicative capacities that are not well-developed. So the parents uh, can act as instigators to bring out from the babies their communicative abilities by calling them, looking into their eyes, hugging them, kissing them. So the parents are communicative partners with the babies. What if the caregiver finds that the baby's not responding to the communication that they're initiating? Then what? <laughs> well... That can happen sometimes because babies are different. Like we talked in previous episodes, they differ in their communicative needs and parents will discover the kind of baby they have. Some babies want to be left alone and sometimes they, they're tired. They want to rest. There's a balance between what babies need and what, what parents can offer. When you talk about communication, some parents might be wondering, at what point is a baby trying to communicate, I'm uncomfortable, I need more assistance than just changing the diaper or feeding? You just can't tell. It's about trial and error. And the parent will always come to the rescue of a baby whenever they fuss, not knowing what they need at that moment. Over time, they can figure it out because there's a pattern to baby's behavior and a need to communicate. Talking about communication, I'm, I'm thinking about, so when a newborn is learning, the parent is calling the newborn by its name. It's trying, they're trying to establish this ongoing communication. They're trying to get them to say words. When will all of this communication <laughs> start to happen? What can they expect? Obviously, a newborn doesn't talk, right? So they communicate by crying and body movements. So that's what they do. And as they mature and begin a build relationship with their parents, those are fundamental to language acquisition and de development of words. So those, those fundamentals of trying to socialize with their baby, trying to bring out their emotions, 
communicate with them. Those are building blocks that will later translate into words and language development. So without those fundamentals of ability to, you know, relate and communicate and socialize with your babies. So there's a process with one leading to the other. Babies usually start sending the first word until about nine months of age. And then when about 12 months, they begin to recognize who is mama, who's data. Before then, there's a lot of gestures like pointing. So there's a transition between gestures and then words. One of the things you mentioned when we were speaking about this earlier is that caregivers can be a coach and a partner and can initiate the communication. Can you talk a little bit about what that looks like? Babies come born with some communicative capacities. They're not well-developed. So the parents uh, can act as instigators to bring out from the babies their communicative abilities by calling them, looking into their eyes, hugging them, kissing them. So the parents are communicative partners with the babies. What if the caregiver finds that the baby's not responding to the communication that they're initiating? Then what? <laughs> well, that can happen sometimes because babies are different. Like we talked in previous episodes, they differ in their communicative needs. So parents quickly notice that this baby wants to be left alone sometimes. And... Parents will discover the kind of baby they have. Some babies want to be left alone. And sometimes they, they're tired. They want to rest. There's a balance between what babies need and what, what parents can offer. When you talk about communication, some parents might be wondering, at what point is a baby trying to communicate? I'm uncomfortable. I need more assistance than just changing the diaper or feeding. You just can't tell. It's about trial and error. The parent will always come to the rescue of a baby whenever they fuss, not knowing what they need at that moment. Over time, they can figure it out because there's a pattern to baby's behavior and a need to communicate. When talking about communication, I'm thinking about so when a newborn is learning, the parent is calling the newborn by its name. They're trying to establish this ongoing communication. They're trying to get them to say words. When will all of this communication start to happen? Obviously, a newborn doesn't talk. So they communicate by crying and body movements. So that's what they do. As they mature and they build a relationship with their parents, those are fundamental to language acquisition and the development of words. Those fundamentals of trying to socialize with their baby, trying to bring out their emotions, communicate with them, those are building blocks that will later translate into words and language development with one leading to the other. Babies usually start sending first word until about nine months of age. And then when about 12 months, they begin to recognize who is mama, who is dada. Before then, there's a lot of gestures like pointing. So there's a transition between gestures and then words. You've said that crying is a form of evolution and parents might be wondering what that means. Can you let us know what that means? 
What I mean is that the cry is very fundamental uh, as a way babies communicate. And I think it's an evolutionary thing. When a baby is born, for example, in the hospital, crying is used as a benchmark to determine whether a baby is doing good or not. So even professionals use crying to determine what a baby is doing at a particular time. One cry might indicate that the baby is hungry. Another cry might indicate that the baby needs to be picked up. Another cry might indicate that this baby needs somebody to play with. So depends on the intensity of the cry, the repetition of the cry. I think the crying is a very basic signal that parents should not ignore as a aware of communicating with their babies. What is your thought on speaking different languages to a child? Some households might want their children to speak more than one language. Some families might already speak more than one language in the house. So how is that part of a communication for a newborn? I think it's, it's very interesting. It's always good to immerse a baby into different languages. Research has shown that it does not prevent them from speaking. And in fact, babies who exposed to different languages have some advantages. It doesn't prevent a baby from using their words. Being able to speak to a grandma who doesn't speak English or Spanish or French is a good thing. Remember, the baby is going to be in a larger community, in a larger culture that involves grandfather, grandmothers, great-grandparents, some of who only know their native language. So this baby should be able to communicate with all those people around him or her. Which language the baby's going to say their first? <laughs> Mama, <laughs> is it going to be in English? I think or? it's, yes, I think it's whoever makes most impression on the baby will capture the baby's imagination. If the baby's constantly with grandmother who speaks French, for example, it's likely the baby's going to be speaking more French. One other question about communication, before the baby is able to actually vocalize, they're taking all of this language in, and parents are reading to their newborns. They're reading different bedtime stories. How much does this help in the communication? In the very early days of life, few days of life, baby's going to be in need for constant communication. And the parents, some parents, experienced parents know that. They're always constantly checking on their babies to see what's going on. When you have established a routine, that constant checking will begin to be longer. You don't have to check the baby every minute anymore because now the baby knows to trust you that you're going to be there. So communication changes as the baby gets older. What happens if a parent is in a situation where they're in a restaurant or they're somewhere and the baby starts to cry and they want baby to stop crying, then what happens? That's where you need that mutual regulation. Mutual regulation is the ability of the parent to help the baby calm down. So a baby who's crying, there's a need for that. Most likely the baby is hungry, maybe it's too hard for the baby. So parents will try to figure out what's going on and try to help the baby calm down. In this model, we talked about how communication starts, how parents need to look for communication from the newborn, 
and to recognize what the newborn is doing to communicate. In the next episode, you're going to share something called effect attunement. How do you pronounce that? Effect attunement, yes. We'll talk about effect attunement. People might not know exactly what that is. So can you give us a little idea of what's coming up? Affect attunement is just is about trying to read the mind of a baby, try to get into the mind of a baby to kind of discern what they're thinking. I can't wait to find out what this is about. (laughs) All right. Thank you. Thanks for joining us for this episode. To answer questions you may have in a future podcast, write to Dr. Anyoa at modernerapediatrics at yahoo.com. Find articles and books written by Dr. Anyoa on his website, modernerapediatrics.com. Listen to On Call with Dr. Anyoa wherever you find your podcasts.